what is going on everybody welcome to the rap chat podcast uh, i am your host jay powell uh and today uh i am blessed once again speaking with uh amazing artist dope soul uh i know he's had quite a few uh, episodes here on the show it's, it's having some really great conversations so be sure to one uh, you know, subscribe on your favorite podcasting audio application uh, and check out those episodes and check out his music as well. Dope Soul, D-O-P-E-S-O-L. Uh, and we're talking about an album that was released in a single format. So the quite amount of songs on this album I'm going to mention, which is No Stars 2, uh, but they were all released uh, via singles, one song at a time. Uh, so we're going to have the conversation, but of course I wanted to introduce uh, this great artist, Dope Soul. Hey man, how are you doing? Jay Powell, what's going on, bro? Thanks for having me again, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's always great talking to you. It's having really insightful uh, conversations, which I feel like we don't have enough in today's age, especially when it comes to music as well. So um, I'm excited to talk to you about this. Man, I'm excited too. And I appreciate, like, I like the fact that you appreciate my point of view on things. You know, everyone is not privy to uh, having that opportunity to share their point of view, especially on something they're passionate about when it comes to music. And you provide that for me and the guys. So I definitely appreciate you for that. No We've problem. had some great conversations so far. <laughs> yeah, no worries. You, you do a good job of shaking up the tree. It's like, oh, whoa. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I didn't even think about it that way, you know. So uh, kudos to you for that. Um, so uh, to kind of pre prelude this, um, you know, I remember you we were, uh, you were talking about No Stars 2. You were that or I just came across No Stars 2. And realized that it was all in a in a you know all single format, and I was like, yeah. "Hey, I want to listen to your album, and I'm gonna put it in a playlist." Uh, just kind of, and I, and I put it originally in the order that you released it. And I remember you said, "You said, you know, let me know your thoughts after you you've you've uh, listened to it." And then I told you, I said, "I said, I first want to listen to it the way it was released." just this is the same way that people release that listen to albums where it's like hey this is the format this is what the artist did and then since it was in a single format that'd be fun like my interpretation of sequencing one song after another you know as we know as artists like songs in a sequential order are very much purposeful you know unless you're you know unless you're just like a young kid this this is doing it for money or whatever the case may be. But <laughs> an artist artist is like, no, this song is after this. You know what I mean? It's like, I think human nature is specifically after thriller for a reason. You know what I mean? Like later in the album for, th for the thriller album uh, to give an example. But so what I did was after listening to the, the full album, uh, and then I, I went ahead and sequenced, sequenced it and I had a different experience, which I thought was interesting, but just to start uh, from the beginning, in general, this is a really nice piece of work, man. I really, I really, I really enjoyed this, and um, it gave me a little bit of um, uh, Wiz Khalifa vibes slightly. I don't really listen to Wiz Khalifa too much. I've listened to a few things, but it's very much vibe type music. I learned this from uh, the Music Buds podcast with uh, Preston, who who's the kind of the, the starter. He is the starter of it. And he's just like, you, just, you listen to the vibe, man. You got, you just got to vibe out, you know. And just like, and I used to be against like, not against vibe music, but I'm just like, how about a song? <laughs> you know, no, but I get it. I get it. Because <laughs> it's like, you do feel that 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 same type of like, okay, can he do it? Can he actually? Is he getting away with this? Right. Because like, you start thinking like, are these guys like, are they tricking me? 
Right, right. It's like, I'm just hearing reverb. What is going on? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> so, but but he did teach me as far as like, you know, sometimes there's some songs where there's even though there might be some minimalism there, there's still intention and and um, you know, and that intention uh can just really be like insightful, just really interesting, you know. So like later on in that podcast, I was like, okay, I kind of get what you're talking about. So listening to this, there's a lot of really. I mean, there's some really good songs out here, but there's some songs where, you know, there's you you play with space a lot on this album, mm-hmm. uh, either when it comes to just you not saying a certain uh, phrase or a certain, you know, lyric or or a course or whatnot, um, where you kind of pause and, and kind of you play around with phrasing a lot, which I think is really interesting um, on the album. So um, let me let me start i mean we can just go through the whole goddamn thing but uh i guess um before we start that let me just ask you your thoughts as far as or just like your experience like working on no stars too because i mean this is a pretty lengthy project 14 tracks you know i feel like today's age when it comes to uh when it comes to uh, i would say maybe the majority of artists that release music now it seems like you know maybe 11 11 songs max you know or people are just doing singles they're not even doing albums but tell me your your experience working on no stars 2 so no stars 2 was hmm it was kind of a, a body of work that came together mistakenly in a sense because I had an intention for No Stars 2. No Stars 1, I had dropped on SoundCloud. Um, that was my first body of work. I really spent um, probably about a month putting that body of work together. I told myself after I did No Stars 1, I was definitely going to do a sequel, but I didn't necessarily go right into doing the sequel. I um, decided to venture off into other projects, try different sounds, and I created a few other bodies of work um, in limbo and I believe it was uh, folklore. I dropped those two bodies of work also on SoundCloud. And during that process, some of those records were supposed to be No Stars 2. I worked with, I think, three different sets of producers. Like I remember going to a few different people's homes and really locking in with them, working at home studios with these uh, different producers and trying to curate a sound. no Stars 2 originally had a whole narration like um, uh, Man on the Moon at first, uh, Kid Cudi's album. I went that direction at first. Um, I had about seven records. I didn't like the mixes. I thought it was very creative. I thought I was going in a very cool direction, but I didn't like the mixes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next thing I knew, I was working on these these songs, these songs that I felt like were, were strong, but I just started collecting them and storing them and storing them away. And one day I looked at uh, I looked at my uh, my music catalog and I was like, man, I haven't put out anything in a long time. Uh, so we got to, I got to that point where I was just collecting songs, collecting songs. And um, I knew I wanted to keep certain records. And um, I started feeling confident about, uh, first it was quarantine. That record made me feel good. Um, I was getting good reception from it. And I thought, hmm, this could be a good single. So I dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> but I held quarantine probably maybe two years. Okay. I did it like at the beginning of COVID. So I held that for a little bit. 
I dropped it and I intended for it to be a bigger rollout. I wanted to do a video for it and things like that. But um, because of the recording studio I used to record it at, it's located in Germantown, which is about an hour away from here. Sometimes, okay. you know, when you want to put up those type of videos together, it's kind of hard to get everyone in the same place. Yeah. So I kind of scrapped that idea of putting out videos for this project. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put out these solid records. And my idea was to put them out as singles and then do a kind of like a, a executive producer challenge and allow people to put it together in a playlist of their own. And mm. I was going to pick the best one and give a person the royalties. So I also want to let you know oh, wow. that I will be giving you royalties on your, your uh, for putting that playlist together. Oh, that's uh, crazy, I bro. You I appreciate like three that. Other people. <laughs> <laughs> I know you and three other people, yours are the best. I really liked how you put it together. I actually felt like I was listening to a different project. Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> like, wow. I, 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 liked, I, I felt like you were really paying attention to not just, um, oh, this song sounds better after this. It's It seemed like you were going for, okay, this song actually sounds like it's supposed to go after this song based yeah. off of what he's talking about mm. and the vibe of it yeah so. yeah no i i really prefer well first and foremost man i really appreciate that I, that's that's some visionary shit bro like as far as just the whole idea that that you had as far as the the whole royalties thing i think that's that's some like kanye stuff you know like like kanye had like a lot of ideas where it's like what no it's not of this before that's crazy um <laughs> but um thank you yeah um but yeah man no you're right and just to just to slightly uh um kind of respond to what you said before I, I have you you know talk of course uh since you're the guest here for the episode but um i tend to really pay attention i've always been an album i've always been an album listener you know even even though like you know obviously i'm a 90s kid but just like cds and stuff has always been really important to me as far as just being in a space where it's like this these are the songs and and just kind of really hearing like just as far as songs in a sequential order in a purposeful order and then listening to your album you know i really tried to hear not only kind of like what you're saying and whatnot and how like okay well probably it makes more sense for this to be after this but also from like a tonal perspective too you know because i felt like i like the orange sky being at the top because it almost reminds me of like a mixtape you know what I mean? And then it's like an introduction, like like the guy's literally introducing you, like he's a DJ introducing you. So it's kind of like bringing you into this world of dope soul, you know what I mean? And then you're spitting these dope bars and whatnot, and then quarantine goes right after it. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And one thing I like about quarantine too is that it doesn't sound like a quarantine song, you know what I mean? Like, like um, I didn't want it to be sad. I didn't want it right. to feel like I was talking about it being a bad thing in a sense because yeah. Of course, it's a bad thing. We're in quarantine. Yeah. But what are you going to do about it? Right. You're like, I'm going to fuck these bitches. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? We don't know if tomorrow's promised at that point. Right. Right. It's like, we are getting busy. You know, so stay at home. I'm staying at home. All right. <laughs> I'm being a hero for everybody. Yeah. The whole bucket list has to be hit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i'm so sorry go ahead <laughs> no man uh quarantine we did that record 
Um, and it was just all about fun because uh, like my friends who I made that record with, a little backstory on them, Duff and Walkie, um, we met in, in college. Uh, Walkie's like a genius. He's been creating like stuff like robots and hardware and software uh, programs and stuff like that oh, wow. since he was like a teenager. Um, Walkie, another genius. These guys build computers and are, are like self self-taught producers um they both worked on that instrumental for that that beat the production all done by in-house uh duff walkie um i might have added a little touch here and there because uh we all work together on these type of songs um as far as the process of putting the song down they're just coming in they're not even writing half the time walkie didn't write his his verse um i don't think i don't think austin wrote his verse either i was the only one that wrote Oh wow! <laughs> and I don't know if I wrote too much, you know, like, cause when we're in those sessions, I mean, you can imagine I'm like you said, Wiz Khalif is one of my favorite artists and he's definitely a big inspiration to me. Um, and every time I'm in a studio, I'm smoking a lot of fucking pot, a lot of it. And that's what the vibe is. Like we're just creating, we can do like eight or nine songs sometimes in a five hour span. And it's just a normal thing for us. I got a lot of songs in the vault. So I, 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 try, I try to stray away from just throwing out random projects because I don't want to cheat people. But I do have a lot of songs in the cut that I feel like, you know, I might go back and touch up certain things here and there, or some of them are ready to go. They just don't have a home as far as a body to put them together with because they have different feels. You ever create throughout like different periods of your life but you feel like these songs go somewhere else, you know, mm-hmm. like, like as yeah. you're creating a project, you might make a record that has nothing to do with that project. And you just kind of like let it sit for a while. And then the next thing you know, you have a few of those records where you're like, wow, this is me in this bag, but it's right. not enough for a body of work yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I, I, always, I always think about it where it's like, it's almost like certain songs have an expiration date as far as like, just like, like your current state of mind like i remember interviewing some uh guitar players on the 440 guitar podcast where they'll like, i'll be like oh like yeah i loved your album in 2019 and, and like the guy was like oh i hate that album <laughs> i was like really he's like yeah i didn't play as well as you do now and he's like yeah it's kind of forget it i was like oh wow you know so it's like i always try to focus on the artist's most current work because it's like you never know what they're going on at that time it's like oh i don't even think that way anymore you know so uh very true yeah (laughs) that's actually how i feel about a few records where like nowadays now i have kids i always think about certain records i'm just talking too raunchy or i'm just going too crazy with the curse words and i feel like it's my my beauty as i get older uh just not just for my kids but just for the kids period like we got to clean it up we got to get more intentional about our content as far as what we're putting into our music what this song is about has to be more than just something that edifies me at this point. I really need to touch people with my music from here on. So like the next projects after No Stars 2, like I feel like No Stars 2 is probably the last time I'll be very like light in in the regards of not being so um, intentional with my content. Yeah. Because now I'm really in a, place where I, I feel like I know what my intention is with the music. I feel like up until now, I was just allowing myself to see what I could do, trying different things and getting comfortable in certain spaces, but not 
necessarily uh, staying there because I understand that as an artist, we as we age, our minds change, our beliefs change, and I want to give space for that. So I don't yeah. want to stay in this box of like a Wiz Khalifa type artist. Um, this is kind of like me just like letting people know, okay, this is where I came from as far as the artistry. This is what I, which this is what you've known me for for a long time. But it's it's about to change a little. It's about to evolve. Right. It's like you're coming into your own as an artist in a sense. Because like I feel like sometimes. Man, I, I feel I feel like uh, when it comes to at least that type of conversation, I feel like a, sometimes artists, not necessarily you struggle with this, but I think a lot of artists in general struggle with this where they'll have um, they'll have different artists that they are inspired by, but then they are in a position where they don't know how to out how to grow out of that into their own artist. I, I remember uh, Tomo Fujita. He's a he used to be John Mayer's guitar player teacher before John Mayer blew up, and he was making this. He was making an example. He was talking about how like he loved Larry Car- uh, Carlton, Larry Carlton, like the legendary like session guitar player, and uh, he would he learned to play like him. So when he would play live, people would say, "Sounds like Larry Carlton." And he kept hearing that, and he was like, realized, like, okay, I need to start playing like me. Like, I can still incorporate some Larry Carlton inspirations, but I'm not Larry Carlton, you know? And it's like, I'm I'm totally Vegeta. So, so like, you know, that, that's when he was kind of like, okay, I need to start coming into my own, you know? And I feel like a lot of artists still struggle with with that. That's why, like, I always play, like, when um when blues or whatever, like, as far as, like, I love blues music, obviously, but I don't play, like, very, like... I don't play a lot of the typical blues type riffs because I've always like wanted to create my own riffs and own songs. Like I used to never want to cover music ever. Like I don't like, I was like, uh, I was like Tom Morello. I was like, I don't want to cover anyone's music. I want to do my own shit. Let's make some <laughs> do my own shit. Like I don't want to do anything else, you know? So, so to your... that's the dope part because mm. I never really wanted to copy others music either. Just because of the fact that what are you creating at that point? Right. Are you, are you are you doing a rendition or are you creating right exactly yeah. exactly I, I, was, I, feel that. I was gonna ask you so is would you say no stars would you say no stars is um a concept album because i know obviously there's the you're continuing this theme right i mean there's obviously a theme attached if it's not like a hardcore concept album but what what would you consider the no stars series so the overall theme of No Stars started back in college. Um, I remember like it was yesterday. I was looking for an album name and I wanted it to stand out. Um, and I was looking for to, I was looking at making a band. Um, like I wanted to form my own band. Yeah. And uh, I, I always had this thing for like when I when I, I me and my friends would go to the record store and I would always pick up a record. I had no idea who who the person was or anything like that. I would just like the name and the way it looked. And it was always just a certain thing about like the name would just have some, a certain ring to it. And um, I remember walking up, walking up these stairs by the dining hall of UMBC. On the side of the stairs uh, against the wall, there was just like some tree uh, branches or whatever just strung around the wall. Naturally, of course, but the way it was strung around the wall, I just stopped and looked at it. Of course, we were taking a doobie ride, I mean, doobie walk. So, you know, we were a little lifted and I'm just looking at this wall. I looked at my friend and I was like, bro, I'm going to call it no stars in Manhattan. Mm. 
And he looked at me like, that's tight, bro. And we just kept walking with it. And I just like stuck with that. No stars in Manhattan. And we just kept walking. And I kept talking about it. And I was like, bro, no stars in Manhattan. He's like, what does it mean? What does that even mean? Because it sounds cool, but what does it mean? And I was like, hmm, well, Manhattan is like, you know, big city, bright lights. People go there to become successful, famous or whatever. And I thought to myself, imagine a place where everyone was just as talented as like a Jay-Z or Beyonce, but they all lived in the same place and they all were competing for the same thing. How would you stand out in that type of world if you wanted to? And that was kind of the concept behind No Stars. Mm, I love that. That's great. That's great. I love naming like art. Like I, I, I always find it because some people they find it to be a grueling process. But I'm just like, yo, like, no, this is fun. You know what I mean? Like it's like it is. It really is. Yeah. It feels soulful in a sense. It feels like, okay, it, it's that it's that moment you wake up and say, I, I, I want to be an artist. But when you go and start naming your your projects, you start realizing like, hmm, why am I naming it this? Mm-hmm. What is it inside of me that's making me feel like I want to go in this direction? With why are my titles of this theme? You know, it, it just kind of makes you start searching yourself and learning more about yourself when you're naming your stuff and owning very, it. Very true. That's very true. Yeah, and then it's cool too because sometimes you can just get to a point where you're someone says, "What does it mean to say it means what it means?" <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it meant something at that time. It showed up in my brain. That's what I named it. It's like not everything has to have an explanation, but it. I think it is. It is even more impactful though when you name it something, and then as the project grows, you're like, oh shit, I named this thing, and it's built. It's it's created. It, it like it, it's created this whole it's notion. Exactly. Yeah. It's created this yellow brick road of like, oh my God, I know why I named this, you know, because like I have like the transitions like series, it's like one and two. And it's like, yeah, these are transitions of my life, you know what I mean? But it's like, I didn't think about that when I was naming it. I was just like, oh, transitions, that sounds cool. And then as we're making the album and I'm hearing it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm talking about myself <laughs> instrumentally. <laughs> you know? I was like, this is kind of creepy. It's like one of those shock moments, like, oh, oh, wow. This is like we talk that artist talk. I like to call it artist talk when you're like getting real introspective. Uh, I mean, the other day I was having a moment. I was telling the guys like, bro, my soul was crying. And I was really I was really I was selling it, you know, like not not because I was trying to get a certain reaction. It was more so because it's like I'm amongst my bros. We're all artists. They're going to understand this because I don't want to articulate it the cool way I want to articulate it like a thespian so I, I let them I let them feel I let them inside a little bit of like who I am as an artist and they all felt it because we we can all relate to that moment of like hmm. you know you have that moment of like divine divinity where you just really understand something but in your mind you want to articulate it in the most prestigious way possible yeah. you don't want to just like like oh yeah I thought this was great you want to be like I thought this was uh the most magnificent, uh, whatever. Yeah. But the other day, I had a moment where I really felt like I heard my soul crying out to me to just go back to who you are. Like you, you. Wow. The best way to describe it, I was so afraid of success because at times 
I realized that I was crazy enough to do everything possible to get to it. And when I realized I was that person and I started seeing the actual fruits of my labor, I realized that it would actually mean that I would have to change things about myself in order to maintain that success mm. and not bad things. It's really the things that you have to change in order to be successful, period. And I was afraid of that, the responsibility of being responsible. Wow. And I told the guys that, like, I was intentionally giving you guys, you know, 75, 50% of myself, a very weaker form, a very much weaker form of myself intentionally because I'm afraid of success. Mm. And my reason for being afraid of success is because when I got a little close to it, I saw how people treated me and acted. And I saw how I didn't know how to handle it. Mm. And I stopped trusting that I would know how to handle it if it happened again. But now I'm in a space where almost 10 years later, I'm looking at myself like, wow, bro, you really put your anger down somewhere and you kind of lost track of where you left it. You haven't even realized you've been stagnant for a long time. Because musically, you have it, but you're not even doing what you know you're supposed to do to execute it. Man, that's really powerful. That speaks to me a lot. Yeah, that speaks to me a lot. Because I always talk about, um, whether in my brain or maybe to my brother, if we have a conversation, but um, as far as like the notion of like being an artist and like having and being an artist or a musician and it's like you want to work on your craft and i always go back to whiplash whiplash is like one of my favorite like movies ever but just the notion of like how far are you willing to take to really focus on your craft and to be this successful great musician and what are you willing to sacrifice and you know, with the, the, the drummer in the film where he just goes and he just sits down with his, with the girl he's dating. He's like, hey, we got to break up because I want to be the best drummer and I know you're going to get in the way of that. And, like, even without her, like, it, like her, like, you know, like, her intellect or her, her side of, like, 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 you know that for a fact. And he's like, yeah. You know, but it's just he's, he's also brainwashed by, like, this really, like, awful person, which is his band leader. But I always think about just, like, the history and time when it comes to, like, these these musicians in history that um that become great but the sacrifices that they have like benny goodman like he was a great you know great great uh clarinet you know flute player but then also like he had a like he, he barely saw his family and he had huge problems with his family like you know charlie parker like obviously one of the greatest musicians of all time but like you know, heroin addiction and just like God knows what else was going on in his life, you know. So it's just like it's just crazy when it comes to like how far are you willing to go to 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 be this to what your definition of success is. And I think that's probably part of the notion where it's like, what are you defining as success and is it really success? You know. So uh, I think I think with what you said, man, really, really resonates absolutely absolutely, absolutely. Um, I wanted you know, to add, oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was about to say, I just think we're like, we're so similar in ways, bro. Like, that's why we have such good conversations because I, I think we both really appreciate life the same way. 
Yeah. We're looking at life in, 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 in not not just the exact same, but you know, just in a similar vein. Sure. And and sometimes when I when I talk to you, really, I really appreciate being able to talk to someone who understands what I'm trying to say. You know. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's real that. shit you said. No, yeah, I was like, fuck, because that hit me on uh, Sunday. <laughs> 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 I guess that's the best thing to hit me, right? <laughs> something like that. Sunday, what you doing with your life, nigga? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I didn't go to church. Oh, this is why it's happening to me. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you about one of my favorite uh, songs on No Stars 2, which is I Was 23. I felt like this song was speaking to me, bro. Like, crazy. It was, there's so many phrases you said. Like, um, even, even, even like the, the, uh, the chorus where it's just like, 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 come hang with a nerdy nigga like me. And I'm just like, why is <laughs> He in my life right now. <laughs> I was like, this reminds me of me. Like, but but also it's just a great song. Like musically, it's just really beautiful. And like you can really like I really can see sense like if there isn't a scene, if the, if there's one scene within this music video in my brain that's like I can see like a beach and like you're with like this girl, or whatever, you guys are hanging out, you're embracing like life, the ocean or whatever, and then amongst some other stuff, you know whatever you guys are doing to hanging out but i was just like man what a dope fucking song and i thought it was weird too that when i did the the sequencing of the playlist where it was at the end and i was like oh that's crazy this is my favorite song and it's nearing the end but then when i listened to the playlist dope soul the even though it was 14 tracks it felt like it was like five tracks you know what I mean? Like, cause everything really? was so, yeah, everything was so connected. Everything was so connected sonically. And I just felt like the, I feel like I was, it was almost like, it was almost like, it was almost like the piece of the puzzle. I'm starting to see the picture of these puzzles that I'm putting together. And by the time it got to, I was 23. I was like, holy shit, we're nearly at the end of the album. You know what I mean? Like, so it didn't feel like it dragged at all. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Yeah. Yeah, I just felt like it was in the place that it was supposed to be at. Um, but yeah, man, I fucking love that song, bro. Can you tell me a little bit about that as far as like you making it? Well, first, thank you a lot. Thank you so much. Um, man, this record, I really wrote this when I was 23. Mm. Um, I've had this record for, I'm 32 now. <laughs> Oh well. Wow. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah, the man who produced it, his name is Manny. He goes by Tok. Well, he went by Tokba Beats. He's now a chef. Um, oh, nice. This was during a time where I was working with him, and his. Uh, he was in a, a record label called Fresh Class Academy. Um, shout out to the whole Fresh Class Academy, Profit. Um, uh, I'm forgetting some names uh, just because they're they're slipping my mind in a second, but they're all very important people to me. Um, Pac, Pac gave me a whole studio, a whole recording studio to work out of on Rolling Road for a whole summer. Um, nice. Shout out to Pac. Um, these guys, they were next level. All of them were extremely talented, and and they were quiet, very humble, but in the scene, Pac and um. Pac and his girlfriend's name is Miss Pac. If you're if you're familiar with battle rap, his girlfriend at the time anyway was Miss Pac. Oh wow. Um, uh, and, um, she she had she has a and she's still doing her thing. She has a great career going in battle rap. Shout out to Miss Pac. 
um, I was just working around those guys. So you can imagine I, they really brought me in more so to help them become more songwriters because at the time, Pac's more of a, he's more of a battle rapper. Okay. He's more of a battle rapper. Um, the guys around him were more of like, um, not battle rappers, but not necessarily seasoned in making uh, full songs. And I remember during that time, uh, it was a great experience uh, working with those guys. We made this, this was when I started, started getting my hands onto actually producing records myself. And um, we used to do this collab thing where it would be like four or five producers in the room and we would all just do one little piece i would do like the keys someone would come and touch the keys up a little bit more then someone would come and do, add a bass line and we were really just like it was almost like a doobie the 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 the, 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 the record was like a doobie mm. you hit it you pass it to your friend and he put something on it you pass it to that friend and no one was trying to tell anyone what to do mm. it was just like bro if you're vibing put something on it and we would make these amazing, um, these amazing beats. Uh, that that hard drive actually got destroyed by accident. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> but that's the type of stuff that happens. In the, the only songs that I got out of out of that hard drive was "I Was 23," and I think it was like two more. Wow. So it was like "I Was 23" was meant to like to to last because I've had it for so long, and when I when I wrote it, and actually um. That the the recording that you hear is the actual recording from back then. Um, oh, it's fire! I was so <laughs> I, yeah. I, I was like, I was so impressed by the sound quality of what they had, and I was like, wow, bro, like this sounds better than anything else I've ever recorded at the time. And still to this day, it's a lot of records that compared to that as far as the sound quality. So I'm like, wow. Yeah. This, I don't know what they did, but kudos to the, the to the man Manny for that beat. And um, I believe Pac engineered that one. And um, man, we, uh, I think I, you know what? You know what? I actually re-recorded at the Moose House where I work at now. I, I re-recorded the record at the Moose House because I'm, now I'm thinking about the, the different um, drops and stuff that's in it. I know that's Ryan's touch for sure. Mm -hmm. And Ryan's my, he's my main engineer. He's been my engineer for the last 13 plus years. Um, and he's like my mentor in the music game. Uh, shout out to the entire staff at the Moose House Recording Studio. That's where I've been working at since I was a teenager. Well, pretty much young adult. I was like 18, 19 when I met Ryan. Um, and from there, he's pretty much taken me under his wing. Um, just a brief backstory on Ryan. He's, uh, his, his dad was the manager for uh, Good Charlotte Fallout Boys. Um, oh, shit. And Ryan... Yeah, and Ryan's group was a, a group called Fox in the Hen House um, during a time frame before they all got signed to Sony, which was a, a part of Ryan's, uh, his father's doing, getting them all signed. They all went on tour, Good Charlotte, Fallout Boys became who we know today. And uh, Ryan's band went on tour, wound up disbanding. Uh, Ryan got into building studios and real estate, carpentry, things of that nature. Uh, kept the passion of music going by he started iBot Recording Studio. iBot became the Moose House over time. And we've been just doing our thing. He's just been uh, kind of grooming me behind the scenes of just like knowing the business, knowing what to, uh, if I do want to put my hands into the, like the actual record industry, what I could, what, what avenues to take and things of that nature. 
what to look for. Um, and just being able to work at a real recording studio where the, the equipment is top notch and the people using it know exactly what to do with it. Uh, it gives me an advantage that I, I definitely can't overlook. I'm extremely blessed for that. So I got to shout out those guys. That's great. And um, I just was saying that to uh, bring it all full circle. When I was 23, was um, it was recorded back when I was 23, but I re-recorded it at the Moose House Prime. It was like 26, 27, just to get another, uh, a, gooder, a gooder mix of it and add those drops. But um, that record was about the girl I was dating at the time. Uh, she she was Jamaican, um, and she thought I was she thought I looked like Kid Cudi so much, bro. Oh like, really? She used to, oh my gosh! And then she was the, she was the reason why I got into Kid Cudi like the way I did, because um that was her favorite artist. And I the, the, the night I met her, we were at a house party, and it was dark when I walked in. So my I guess my silhouette looked like Kid Cudi. And she screamed out, oh, my God, it's Kid Cudi, and made everyone turn the lights on because they thought it was Kid Cudi for a second. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but I was pretty popular in college, too. So, like, when they did see me, it was still, like, a cool, cool enough reception for her to think I was cool. And um, from there, we hit it off. And that song really encompasses how, uh, at that age, I was just completely engulfed in this woman. You know, like, uh, I look at love as a thing that like it evolves with your experience. Um, at that time, she was probably the prettiest, purest thing I'd ever like laid eyes on. As far as she was really my muse. Um, you know how guys would call a girl a muse and just say it just to make them feel good. Yeah. And really, she was really the muse. Mm. Uh, it was easy to garner inspiration from. Uh, just being around her and uh, that record came about because I wanted to uh, impress her so I, I made that record and uh, I wound up playing it for a few times but uh, that was really what it was for I think that's why it came out so good because I did that record with someone else and uh, I wanted someone else to like it intentionally so nice man that's crazy that's crazy Tell me, tell me about it. Uh, was there a certain song on No Stars Two where, like, that was your favorite on there? Say that one more time. Oh, was there? Uh, what? Uh, did do you have in in general a favorite uh, song that you've that you worked on for No Stars Two, or just to kind of like, uh, I guess, just like sticks out to you? Um, I have to say that ominous was one of those records that I looked at and thought, you know what, this one means a lot to me because that's how I felt. Deep down inside, I felt like that record was me saying like, please listen to my music. <laughs> like, you know, everyone's like mm. trying to act like they don't care if people listen. I was really in right. my feelings when I made that record and I wanted mm. people to listen to my music. Yeah. So I feel like that record, that was one of the last songs, and that was actually the newest song on the on the uh, album. I did that probably this year or late last year. Oh wow! When did No Stars? I did. I, I did that. That was the last one I did. Okay. Wow. Yeah. No. That that, 
that's really that's really interesting man yeah and and definitely like especially when it comes to you know the bullshit algorithm you know nonsense that everyone's locked into you know um it, i could resonate with that too as far as just like yo i worked on this and i won't be able to listen to it <laughs> like how do we move this train forward you know it's like shit you know so it's like damn no, that's a fact <laughs> that record was definitely a, a record of like I need something I need something that feels like what I feel like right now when I because I wanted to listen to the album myself as well and enjoy it. But I was like I need something that feels like how I feel right now too, and that was ominous. Also, I named it that because I felt like you know ominous means something bad is coming, or or in a sense it was like not necessarily bad in my my it wasn't necessarily something bad but just like 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 bad for these other artists in a sense you know like i am awesome. definitely getting back rededicated to my craft like that's crazy time frame that these other guys had to get their shit together mm. it's, it's it's not time's up that's how i feel right now mm, that's crazy that's why i didn't even it didn't occur to me to look up ominous i was like I saw the I saw the name of this. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I said, but, but I don't know why it, it didn't occur to me to like look it up. Like you know what I mean. So yeah, interesting. <laughs> this giving, or at least this is Google's uh, or Microsoft Bing's uh, suggestion, rather, but it says giving the impression that something bad or unpleasant is going to happen, like you said, threatening and suspicious. As far as just like you play with space really well on that song which i found just really interesting as far as just you know the 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 phrasing that you do around the uh you know the hook if you will so yeah interesting, interesting stuff. thank you um i was reverting back to like the like the kid who wanted to be a rock star like that was my intention from when i first started rapping and still still to this day i feel like every artist deep down feels like they're a rock star deep down inside uh that's kind of what that hook was inspired by you know i was just trying to yes. like uh you know, compass what it feels like to be a lead singer. And I, and I imagine having, you know, that rock band behind me, even though it's just me. And uh, I got a, I got like this alter ego, I guess, because uh, sometimes when I'm a little under the libations, I am, uh, I talk a little like I'm from U the UK for some reason. Oh, word. Um, <laughs> and it happens very naturally, and, and it's very weird because uh i don't I, I really don't intend for it to happen and some of the phrases that comes to my that comes out i'm like what where'd that come from <laughs> liverpool really how we doing me... <laughs> <It's> like, <what? laughs> everybody in baltimore is like this nigga don't so like, <laughs> like where is this coming from yeah <laughs> where's the heart of the hood and i'm talking like i just wrote 12 books or something right well hell they're you know they're they're in all these american movies that you know doing a fake american accent so god damn it you can do a fake uh <laughs> uk accent, <Big> British accent. <laughs> yeah there you go there you go that's funny but, man. Um, I, I kind of just have a thing for it. I, I always like rock stars i just have a thing for it so i was just kind of paying homage to that uh with with ominous mm. um and just trying to have a little fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely got, I mean, I don't know if you have already, but definitely got to get a, get a live band uh, behind you, man. I can definitely see that be fire, oh. you know, for a lot of this shit, a lot of this, a lot of these songs. Definitely. Down in the future, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. 
Sweet, man. Well, uh, I guess one of the last questions I had as far as just around your album for, uh, I mean, No Stars 3, what do you, when do you think uh, your fans can wait for that, you know, can anticipate that? Because I know you're working on it. We're definitely working on it. Um, it's funny because No Stars 3 is definitely, I'm, I'm going to really put my all into it as far as what I think I can do lyrically and, and creatively. Um, I've already started listening to certain uh, records for inspiration for this album. Um, just to give you an idea of what the direction I want to go in. Um, uh, are you familiar with the True Life intro that Jay-Z did? Remember, I might be familiar. I'll probably have to go back and listen to it. Oh, man. When you do, man, just feel elegant when you listen to it, bro. Because it's like, it's it's prime Jay-Z when he's really just making you feel like royalty when you listen to him. Um, and it's very hungry. It's very King of New York-ish. Um, and I've also been listening to a lot of 50 Cent, a lot of Get Rich and Die Trying. Nice. Really feeling nice. that energy. Like, yeah, very, very classic album. Uh, really feeling that energy of like, you know what? I feel like my back's against the wall. You know, I, I, I have two young kids. I got a four-month-old, four and one is about to be two in, in August. And I'm not under pressure in a bad way, but I just feel like, man, I want to show out. Like, I want to go. I want to go hard. I want to grind like tomorrow's not promised. I want to delete that phrase I can't do for my vocabulary. Right. I just want to try to really go hard. Um, I got caught up in looking at what everybody else was doing and realized, like, man, what I do is, is dope, too. You know, like, being in a collective as big as DBL, I really appreciate my guys being so passionate about what they do. Because it's like, I remember when what DBL did wasn't cool. Boom Bap wasn't always looked at as, like, you know, the style that people wanted to, to jump on. But now it's it's made its way to more of a forefront scene again. And it's nice to see that some of the originators, at least from my area, are really getting the love and still passionate about the same thing. Stay consistent. And they were you can tell it wasn't just a thing. It wasn't just a trend for them. It was really what they were about. And, and it encourages me as an artist because I always try not to get too far away from being able to articulate myself lyrically. Um, I always want people to walk away from my music like, damn, that was hard. I don't want them to think that I'm just putting words on paper. Yeah. So when I'm a rap, when I'm rapping with these guys, it's always a test of like, you're not going to like just get on a, a song with skills and play around and I'm actually happy because uh, No Stars 3 is almost complete, honestly. Now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, nice. No Stars, no Stars 4 is actually the one that I'm trying to get inspiration for. Mm. No Stars 3 is pretty much featuring these skills. I'm sorry. No Stars 3 is pretty much featuring these skills. We already have seven records done. Um, And I was about to say, I actually got off on skills a few times on this album. So... Uh, <laughs> make sure that you guys tap in <laughs> leave a comment if you agree 
<laughs> Obviously, we have to listen to the album, but we will be li- we will be looking forward to listening to that. I mean, so no, it's always it's always sure. cool. It's always cool when you when you you know you when you have two folks on a project or on a song, you know, and it's just iron sharpens iron. You know, it's just like you guys yeah. are well skilled in your craft. You know, just just hearing that in general, it's just like a real you know a dope thing. So I'm looking forward to listening to that. Thank you. He's so talented. His skills is, is is like next level talented. I even think that his ability to inspire you to want to go hard is is a is a is a skill in itself. Because just being around him, he pulls he pulls the animal out of me. When I get in a booth and I think I want to be Drake, I look at skills and be like, oh, I'm about to be Chris Zelda. Fuck that. And, and next thing you know, <laughs> <laughs> now, now we're just going back and forth, just trying to really outwit each other, and not, you know, it's it's so much friendly competition. You like you said, it's, it's this iron sharpening iron, and um, this the No Stars three, uh, me and Skills, we get we got a chance to get in there. Uh, shout out to my guy Tuan, that's my manager. Um, he was just making sure that the he was a and r a lot, making sure the beats were um you know up, up, up to par to what the sound is because one thing i'll say to artists coming up don't follow trends when it comes to the sound because sometimes your voice does not sound good on certain production yeah listen to listen to people around you when you're doing your songs who tell you like oh your voice sounds good on this look for that compliment because that'll help you curate the sound that you that you need to go for in order for your music to work, because music is not a self service; it's a soul service. That means you're servicing hey, people. That's a bar, bro. You're already sharpening iron. <laughs> <laughs> that's fire. I love that. We do this for the people. We don't do this for ourselves. If you're doing it for yourself, keep it in your headphones. Do it for the people. And, and listen to the people. They'll definitely tell you. They'll, they'll help you get get that music right if you stick to it and listen to the people. But that's what you're doing it for. Yeah, I wish you know it, it's a, it's an interesting conversation. an interesting additional opening conversation as far as just the the importance of A&R. I feel like it's few and far between today where people think that they can critique themselves and you know, and, and not really need an A&R or someone who, you know, has a very talented skill in identifying certain things to kind of help improve. Like it sucks, man. Like I feel, I, I wish that was more of a thing, you know? Um, it's like not like, sure. Not everyone has to be Rick Rubin, but it's just like, I think it is important. I think A&R is so important. It's like now I feel like today it's like, you know, you're your own and all that stuff. You know, it's less that the label or the record company has to, you know, put money into you. So, and I think that that's the real issue. I, I don't even think it's arrogance. I think it's cheapness. Mm-hmm. I think people are being cheap. I think people are looking at it like, oh, that's an extra person to pay or extra person that I have to look out for or whatever. And it's like, no, that's the reason that music has taken a, a, a hit. Because everyone's like, the, the songs that could be smash hits are just becoming hits because no one took time to take it to that next level. Yeah. I sit with the record. Right. I, yeah. I want to see people sit with their records again. You know, like my, 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 my vault is full of songs 
that I can go back to and, and, and really not just draw inspiration from, but understand myself as an artist because I sat with it instead of just putting it out. Yeah. You know, everything isn't for money. And, and when we get away from that and understand that we can't let ourselves, we can't suffer the art through money. It's not fair to the art. Like yeah. Michael Jackson made timeless records. Do you think that he was thinking about money at all? That's an interesting question. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. Name a song where Michael Jackson talking about his Bentley or something. <laughs> Just good friends? No, I'm kidding. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> the bad Speed Demon is talking about his motorcycle. No, no. Um, <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. He's not talking about material possessions. He's he's just all about the art and you know and. You know, whether it's from a dance, from a uh, physical dancing perspective or a musical perspective, like, yeah, it's, yeah, you're, you're right. Makes sense there. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I just hope that one day as an artist, I can get to that point where I just completely cut that from my content because I honestly look at it as I was raised in a time and an era where that's all that I was, you know, I'm used to people writing about cars, money, and clothes and stuff. But I also know that there's a way to tap into another level of artistry where you're writing music that is about the, the world that we actually live in, not just the fictitious parts of it or not just the materialistic parts, but the actual aspects of life. I've been telling people that I don't think I'm going to be satisfied until I can make a hit record about riding my bike or something like something so simple like that is my goal as an artist i want to write a hit record about something very simple like that like, like riding my bike or drinking a glass of lemonade and walking to the store i want to make something like that a hit record that reminds me of That's lemonade with uh, Vince Staples. <laughs> Drink an ice cold lemonade. No, where to go? We need to pay. <laughs> and then he and then he ends it with it. really. Oh, it's a great track. It's from his uh, Ramona Park broke my heart. Great album, really good album. He he. Uh, Kenny Beats produces most of it, if not all of it. But the song Lemonade, yeah, the the, the hooks like drinking ice cold lemonade, no nowhere to go when you in the phase or something like that. And then and then he ends the hook with some some life tastes bittersweet. It probably was like, nigga, you could have finished that sentence. <laughs> but then I say it and I'm like, God damn it, it's catchy, whatever. <laughs> so to your point, like, yeah, that makes sense, because I'm pretty sure that's a that's a that's a charting song on Spotify, so it's crazy. But yeah, we need to get back to that. Mm -hmm. Like, hip-hop is cool. Hip-hop is dope. But if hip-hop doesn't grow, then artists like myself and you and, and everyone else, we're just going to move on. Yeah. We're going to continue to create. We just won't have to, we just going to have to figure out a new banner to create under mm -hmm. if hip-hop doesn't want to house us anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so one of the last things, Dope Soul, I mean, tell, uh, so for those listening that maybe aren't, uh, you know, that may be interested in checking out your stuff, uh, following you, social media, threads, if you migrated to threads, fucking internet, uh, where can people find you? Where can people listen to your music? 
Um, I'm on all DSPs, Apple, uh, Apple Music, Spotify. Um, I have records that aren't on all DSPs on SoundCloud. Like if you're ever looking to just find music, that I'm just gonna, cause I'll throw my music on SoundCloud just for the for the, the supporters and for like shits and gigs sometimes. So you can find music on there. That's usually just songs that I don't necessarily own rights to or just stuff that I'm not necessarily sure where I wanted to go, but I wanted you guys to enjoy it. Mm. And for all my projects, um, all DSPs, um, Apple, Spotify, uh am uh what else do they have out there? Uh, <laughs> everything. <iHeart> Radio, everything. <laughs> Deezer. Shout out Deezer. <laughs> <laughs> Moose House, everything. <laughs> you name it. Dope Soul is there. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my squad, DBL. Um, yes, sir. There's a lot of great music coming this uh this this he's following last two quarters of the year um this summer is going to be good be dope they just got a tour uh dbo yeah yeah shout out to the moose house that's my that's my that's my home that's where i work at you know, if you're in baltimore want to record a studio with some great engineers and good atmosphere the moose house recording studio baltimore maryland shout out jay powell make sure you're tuned into spotify and following him streaming all of his episodes he's up, almost up to episode 100 right Oh man! Uh, well, yeah, for, you know it's funny. I've I've crossed episode 100 on Game of for Life podcast. I'm nearing episode 100 on 440 Guitar Podcast. Rap Chat Podcast got some ways to go, but uh, we're climbing towards uh, 50 soon enough. I'd probably say maybe if we get some more episodes in, I mean, we, it probably won't be long until we're we're we're, we're at the 50 mark. So, yes, sir, we got to get a schedule going for Rap Chat. We're gonna get yeah. that up to 100 episodes before Ooh. the summer's over. Oh man, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. I have another Tyler Quali story that I can add to that conversation too. <laughs> That's like three episodes. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just more things coming out. I will, I will, I'll save it for that conversation. But, uh, but yeah, but so dope soul first and foremost. Thank you so much, man, for talking. It's always a pleasure speaking with you, man, with your intellect and. And just, and also just kind of really celebrating this No Stars too. I know you've had it in the in the cut for a bit, working on three and four. But again, man, a really solid project. Thank you, bro. And I got one thing I want to ask you. For sure, sure. Listening. If you were to give people five songs to listen to off in No Stars too, what would the songs be? Ah, uh, great question. I would say definitely quarantine. Um. Definitely quarantine. Definitely, I was twenty three. Um, I really enjoyed uh, "Peaceful Party," "The Messenger," and then I want to say one of the last ones is. Um, I actually like "Don't Take It Personal" as well. That was kind of the thing when I was listening to. It. I was like, "Damn!" Like it was like song after song i was like this this knocks this knocks this knocks so it's like quarantine don't take personal uh moose house is good um i think peaceful party and messenger i really fucked with heavy um and then i was 23 so like i think it's impressive that 
you know, I always I always find it interesting when you're when you're on like DSPs or whatnot, and like you know, there's certain songs that have like high stars or just like high like like interest, and they're like in 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 the album, like the bottom part of the album. So it just shows like, oh shit, like people are listening to this from top to bottom, you know, <laughs> uh, which is a great sign, obviously, when it comes to you know getting your point two three cents or whatever as as us artists get which is fucked up but it's, as far as people listening to the music <laughs> you know it's great so yeah man i would say those i would say those tracks definitely okay. i fuck with heavy so and they're, they're throughout the fucking album which is great so um yeah check out the playlist if you want to listen to my uh my interpretation of all the songs as far as in order um but regardless listen to listen to the whole listen to all of it regardless however you listen to it you heard the man listen to it from Jay Powell's playlist, though, because that's the official that we're going to say that that's the official album of No Stars 2, the Jay oh, Powell version. Oh, man, I'm honored. <laughs> and like I said, bro, um, make sure you send me your um, email that you use for DistroKid. I'm going to send you the splits for the album. Oh, for sure. I'll get to you right now. Um, so with that being said, folks, thanks for tuning in for our chat episode. We'll catch y'all next, uh, next, next time. See ya. Peace.